Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to the programme and I want to go straight to a story that has been on our news bulletins all morning and this is to do with Gardaí continuing to investigate what they are describing as a serious road traffic collision. Now it occurred on the N25 at the Yall Bypass in Cork uh, yesterday evening and Mairead Tuig, our news reporter, joins us with the latest on this story. Good morning to you, Mairead. Good morning, Patricia. And you're, you're very welcome. I suppose the first question is, how is the member of Angarda Corner that was injured in this accident, do we know how he's doing this morning? So the latest update that we have is that he was, he was taken to CUH where he was in a critical condition. Now, I see some reports this morning saying that he's crushed injuries to one leg. So uh, some very serious life-altering injuries there for, for this uh, member of Angarda Corner. Um, and as you say, Patricia, it happened last evening. He was in an unmarked patrol car and he pulled in to help um, a broken down vehicle. And another vehicle struck the unmarked patrol car, uh, causing uh, the Garda to suffer these serious injuries. And he was taken to CUH, Cork University Hospital, and as was the driver of the other vehicle, who we're told has non-life-threatening injuries. Okay. Um, and uh, Garda, you're now in Middleton, are now very much appealing for witnesses. Absolutely, Patricia, yeah. So they're appealing for witnesses. So if there was anyone on the road, the N25 at Yall Bypass, uh, between 6.30 and 7pm last evening, you know, you may have your dash cam on. Um, so if you can make that footage available to Garthi, or in fact, if you've any camera footage at all, or you've any information in relation to this incident, to make it available to Garthi. And as you see there, Middleton Garthi, but you can also contact the, the Garthi confidential line, or you can contact any Garthi station with this information any avenue and it'll be welcome uh, no matter where you report this information to and provide that footage to the Gardaí who are investigating this incident. Now the road is closed and local diversions are in place and it's expected to be closed until around midday today. That's what the Gardaí are saying. It'll be approximately midday before the road is open again and this is to allow for a forensic collision investigation to take place and uh, so that the Gardaí can investigate this incident and try and piece together I suppose the events that led up to this. Okay and I'm assuming the Gardaí are saying try to avoid the area if at all possible because when you close off a bypass that can lead to traffic delays in other parts. 
Absolutely. So where possible, if you can take another route, a uh, local traffic going in uh, through Yall Town, but but traffic coming from further afield, they're asked to maybe reroute themselves and, and find an alternative uh, up until around midday today. OK, but the important times was yesterday evening, uh, particularly for the dash cam uh, footage, or if anybody was out on the road in that area between half past six and seven o'clock yesterday evening to please, please make contact with the Gardaí. Absolutely. Those are the times and any information at all would be greatly appreciated. OK, listen, Murray, thank you for that. Have a good day. And thank thanks, you. Patricia. Thanks for joining us. And can we just pass on our best wishes to the member of Rangar, the Shikona, out of uh, East Cork. And we really do hope he makes a speedy recovery. And if anything uh, more breaks on that story, we will bring it to you. 0818 103 103. And then we get an email in. And I have to say that this has got to be if this if this is the case and we've no have no reason at this stage that it's not the case but if this is the case I think it's the first time we've come across a ticket touting at an a teenage under an underage teenage disco uh, a listener has written to us um, who doesn't want her name called out a parent from the area because um, parent of, of a teenage child and doesn't obviously want the child identified but it's to do with um Tickets to go to the Highland Disco in Newmarket. They have to be purchased online, according to this uh, parent. But some people are buying up more of the tickets than they actually need. And then guess what they're doing? They're selling them on. They're ticket touting uh, with them. And they're selling them at twice the face value of the tickets. Loads again now tonight. This was on a Saturday night. Can't get uh, tickets. They all sold out so fast. It is so very unfair. Can you please raise the issue on your programme as it's unfair? There's absolutely nothing else for teenagers to do around, around here when it comes to a social life. And we all know how important music and dancing and socialising in is, especially especially for mental health and especially for uh, teenagers. As I say, I don't think I've come across that before. I've come across lots of ticket touting. Only at the weekend I was following people who were trying to buy Peter Kay. The comedian Peter Kay is doing quite an extensive tour across uh, the UK and and coming to Ireland. And the tickets, people were desperately trying to get tickets to Peter Kay. And literally within minutes of the tickets being bought, people buying them, they were putting them up and selling them at double and triple the price. I, I just, it really frustrates me when I see ticket touting going on. But as I say, it's a first for me. I didn't know it was happening at a teenage a disco. Now, obviously, we're getting onto the Highland in Newmarket uh, to see, are they aware of it? How common is it? And in the meantime, we'll put it out to see from any of our listeners if you have teenage sons and daughters who frequent teenage discos, in particular the Highland in Newmarket, have they noticed that there's people deliberately going online buying extra tickets so that they can then sell it on. Now some people will say maybe that's a young person with an entrepreneurial spirit but it's very very unfair on the young people then who can't get get to the disco or won't have the money to pay double the face value. 0818103103 and lots of the papers today are picking up that families are going to face a frantic scramble for the top Christmas toys this festive season. Now I know every year there will always be one or two toys that will just 
even Santa Claus is not able to get some of the more popular toys but they reckon that this year is actually going to be worse than uh, previous years because there is a global supply chain issue uh, it's caused a um, number of reasons, but it's the latest COVID-19 lockdowns in China is causing huge problems. Then, of course, also there's a worldwide shortage of computer chips and Irish toy retailers are warning that Christmas 2022 will prove radically different from last year or any other Christmas. And particularly to previous years, a lot of the purchases are done in September and October. But this year, because we have a cost of living crisis underway, many families are holding back actually uh, purchasing and they're stalling. Some are waiting until Black Friday or Cyber Monday to try to avail of the best sales and the discounts. Obviously, they're trying to get their best bang for their buck and actually I was speaking to a manager in a toy shop uh, only on Saturday and he was making I was saying oh well you're flat out busy you know busiest time of the year and he said it's eerily quiet and he and I said oh what's causing that and, and he said that very same reason he said families are just holding off last minute trying to get the best bargains that they can the cost of living it's affecting uh, everyone 40% of the uh, of the Irish annual toy sales are traditionally recorded obviously in the eight weeks leading up to uh, Christmas but demand for one of Ireland's best selling high end toys and that's the Sony PlayStation 5, the good P- PS5. It's reached such a peak that many re- major retailers have sold out of the console already. They're now awaiting restocking shippings, but many are saying that the restocking shippings won't come in until later on this month or early into December. So frantic is demand for PS5s. No surprise here. Some are already being offered on reseller sites and people are looking for €100 Euro above the original retail price. There's a bit of price gorging going on with the PlayStation 5 as well. Now, Sony recently warned consumers and developers that the PS5 may, may not be readily available supply and there certainly won't be one for everyone until at least we head into 2023. So there's going to be some children at Christmas a little bit disappointed because even Santa Claus isn't going to be able to get his hands on the amount of PlayStation 5s that he needs. China's latest COVID-19 lockdown are also now expected to hit smart phone supplies and in particular the latest Apple iPhone this is the iPhone 14 again that's going to be a popular Christmas present for many people there may be a shortage of them as well and that will be directly linked to the COVID-19 lockdowns in China and World of Wonder one of our leading toy shops uh, in this country they're saying for many families price will absolutely be king this year. Many families have decided to wait to see if they can get better value with sales and promotions and discounts. However, World of Wonder are warning that the 11th hour shoppers run the risk of disappointment as some of the items may have already been sold out by the time people getting around to purchase them. Lego has uh, really been an incredible success story over recent years. It's one of those toys that's always remained on the shelves. I know it's probably gone in and out of fashion for some of the years, but it was always there. You could always buy a box of a Lego and I suppose 
the big attraction is that it appeals to both boys and girls but there's certainly in the last number of years there's been a real resurgence and a real interest in uh, Lego you can get everything from basic sets right up to special edition sets and there's been some really really very clever marketing they've linked up for example with the likes of Harry Potter and uh, with Disney and Marvel and I was speaking with a friend of mine whose daughter is in her 30s and she recently her daughter in her 30s is a big Harry Potter fan got a big Lego box and spent hours putting it together and I think it's lovely to see children of all ages uh, sitting down and doing Lego I mean we live in such a high tech world and everything is about computer screens and the PS5 that I spoke about the PlayStation but isn't it great for children to use their imagination to get creative with a box of Lego I think there's something great uh, about it World of Wonder are reckoning that the best selling toys this Christmas will be those Lego sets they're also talking about squishy soft toys hands up don't know what squishy soft toys are Barbie there's always little girls who'll want a Barbie but what's also good to see they're expecting strong sales of arts and crafts and board games and jigsaws and this seemingly is still a little bit of the legacy from the COVID-19 lockdowns when families rediscovered their love of board games, their love of jigsaws, as well as their love of arts and crafts. And it looks like it's proven to be a big seller again this year. And again, that is brilliant, fantastic for families to sit down and play an old traditional board game. Certainly when I was growing up, it was Monopoly and Cluedo being the two big uh, board games in our house. And as far as I know, Monopoly and Cluedo can still be purchased. So the old board games proving to be as popular as uh, ever. A listener says, Patricia, you're giving out uh, and talking about the cost of living and how it's affecting families when it comes to buying uh, Christmas presents and toys in particular for children. And yet then you've got people giving out that they won't be able to get the expensive iPhones because of the COVID, the China's latest COVID lockdowns. Um, Apple are saying it's going to affect smartphone suppliers. How can people possibly afford, with the cost of living crisis, how can they possibly afford those very, very expensive uh, phones. Uh, well, there'll always be people that the cost of living isn't affecting as much as anybody else. And then there's always people who will go into debt, particularly if it is for their children when it comes into uh, Christmas. Uh, thank you for your text. And actually, the papers uh, today have some photographs of a crowd of According to Noel Baker in The Examiner, up to 500 people took to the streets of Cork at the weekend. This was the cost of uh, this is to do with the cost of living uh, crisis. And the protest was one. The one in Cork was one of 23 protests taking place around the country. And we spoke about it last week on the programme. It's under the umbrella of cost of living coalition. The group is made up of about 30 organisations, everything from trade unions, students and uh, pension bodies. Obviously, opposition political parties are all involved and all of the protests on Saturday urging the government to take radical action on the inflation and the housing uh, crisis. I know at the Cork uh, protest, the wonderful Katrina Toomey of Cork Penny Dinners uh, spoke and she mentioned in her her, her her talk to the crowd that had gathered that they had fed a thousand people on Saturday. So she had fed, a thousand people were fed at Cork Penny Dinners and then she went on to address uh, the group. That's an incredible number of people. People before profit, Solidarity TD McBarry. He also addressed the crowd. He said the essential point here is 
is money that goes into people's pockets is going straight back out into the profits of the energy companies and the supermarkets and the landlords. He said, we feel that the budget didn't go far enough, but they, but we feel, we also feel the government have taken no serious steps towards tackling the profiteering. And he says, we're seeing profiteering all over the place. Now, I know the Taoiseach Micheál Martin speaking at the weekend about the cost of living and about these protests. He says the government was was very much aware of the struggles people were facing and he says that's why we intervened with an unprecedented budget, an unprecedented cost of living package of over 11 billion uh, euro. He says there's been a range of payments now that have been issued to people in terms of social protection and energy costs. But I saw Labour Party leader Ivana Babcik she was addressing the protest in Rathmines in Dublin and she says uh, we want to see really radical action being taken to address the rising cost of living soaring inflation rates and in particular she says the huge cost so many individuals and so many households are facing and that's to do with the rising cost of rent and the rising cost of uh, mortgages and people before profit TD Paul Murphy he was addressing a protest that was held in Tala in Dublin and he says momentum behind this campaign was uh, growing uh, because we had another listener on who I don't know if they attended the protest or not but they thought that more people would have turned out in Cork they thought the number of 500 was very small but as somebody last the last time there was a protest in Cork somebody said if you think back to the uh, protests that began against the water charges I remember the water chain water charges the protest started here in Cork there was very small numbers at the beginning and it started here in Cork with a few people turning out then it went to a few hundred people and then others around the country sort of picked up on the idea and then that led to tens of thousands of people out on the street and many people would say there was a reversal of the water charges and that was down to people power and people getting out and protesting. 0818 103 103 Our lines are open. You can text our WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Promoter, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Just some very, very sad uh, breaking news. The cervical cancer campaigner Vicky Phelan has died. Uh, she died in the early hours of this morning at uh, Milford Hospice in uh, Limerick. And of course, we'll all remember Vicky when she was first diagnosed with cancer back in uh, 2014. And my God, the battle that she has put o- up to stay alive on behalf of her children to be as la- around for as long as she could for her children, but also how she went public. Uh, so to help all of the other women who were caught up in that dreadful, dreadful uh, controversy. And we were only recently talking about Vicky on the programme with Stephen uh, Teep because the documentary on her life called uh, Vicky was uh, screened in the cinemas. That is just such sad, sad news. She's a wonderful, wonderful woman. Uh, May she rest in peace. That's the announcement of the confirmation of the death of uh, Vicky Phelan. 0818-103-103. Now, last week while discussing the increasing rises in the cost of living. The issue of hairdressers uh, came up with many listeners having sympathy for their local salons and wondering how they would continue, particularly with rising energy costs. Wayne Lloyd is a Cork-based hairdresser and he's also president of the Irish Hairdressing Council and he joins me this morning to discuss the challenges that are currently facing the industry. Good morning to you, Wayne. 
Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well, and you're very welcome uh, to the programme. Would I be right in saying that salons are big, big energy users? Yeah, I mean, what, two of the most expensive things you can use in your, in your home are hair dryers and uh, wash, uh, tumble dryers, and they're on constantly in any salon all around the country. Um, it, it, uh, the budget didn't do us much help, and there's, it's, there's loads of issues. That I, could, you know, I have a list apart from energy rising costs, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough for really big salons out there. I don't see Ireland as a country made up of lots of big, you know, business. We're made up of lots of towns and villages with businesses like mine that are really struggling at the moment, and it's only going to get worse. So just to, to stay on energy costs for, for a moment. What sort of increased energy bills would you personally be seeing in your salons? Uh, ours have doubled, nearly tripled. Um, other people's have, uh, are worse. Um, the, 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 it depends on the size of the salon, obviously. But uh, in, in general, people are paying two to three times as much as they were before. That's incredible. And then the it's not just energy costs. What, what else has increased? Well, no. I mean, we've had in, this year we've had a couple of minimum wage increases. We've had about 30% increases from stock suppliers and things across the board. Next year, we have a, a tax increase of 4.5%. We have another minimum wage increase, and we have to start paying sick pay, and we have to start paying contributory pensions. So that, on top of everything else, um, is, is going to cripple, I'd say, a, a large proportion of small businesses across the country, not just in hairdressing, but SMEs in general, um, are going to find it very, very hard to stay open. The other, the other issue we always face in Ireland is the shadow economy. We have to look at the fact that I have a small town in Ballady Harbour and one in Bandon, and you can look at towns and villages right next to Ballady Harbour that don't take credit card machine. And, uh, you know, you, you have to look at these days and wonder why people aren't paying credit card machines. Some of them, I'm sure, are completely tax compliant. But for a lot of these, I bet your pounds for pennies that they're not paying their proper taxes, pocketed half the cash and paying some of the... Ca- uh, it's rife in our industry that people get paid part cash and part through through the books, if you like. Yeah, and, 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 and I know certainly during COVID times, the, the black economy with hairdressers... Oh, heroes. Yeah, hairdressers calling to people's houses and it was all cash under the table. I mean, I don't know if that's still going on. Oh, definitely, definitely. It, 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 it was going on before COVID. It, it, it's... Um, it, it's definitely a thing in Ireland. Um, uh, you, you know, I can't remember the UK because I haven't lived there for so long. But, it, it, you know, I, I would urge anybody out there, if you are contributing to that, you and you, you're, you're going to have to think about whether you want to keep your small businesses in your towns and villages and contribute to the cash economy because that's not, it, it's, not gonna, it's, not, it's not going to help your business, small businesses survive. And with all, everything going up, as, as you say, electricity doubling and tripling in, in some cases and, and the knock-on of all the other items you, you mentioned, do, uh, would I be right in saying that all salons, has everybody, have you increased all your prices at this stage? We have, and there's probably going to be another increase in the new year. Um, and, and, you know, I'd, I'll say very, very honestly, um, hairdressers don't like to increase their prices. We're quite compassionate. We, we're very fond of our clients and things like that. But if, if we don't run it as a business and charge appropriately, um, I saw a comment in a newspaper where somebody in hospitality had said that they were struggling to get staff and that somebody had made a comment and said, well, you should pay them properly then. 
uh, you know, and if hairdressers want good wages and, and clients want good hair, it has to be paid for. Mm. So unfortunately, that, that's gonna, there, there isn't a big pot of money in any salon owner's back pocket, I guarantee you. We're all in debt from COVID, uh, trying to pay back our warehouse tax and things like that. So salons will have to put prices up. And most of our customers, well, in fact, all of our customers so far understand that. Um, but it's a bit appeal for people to swallow. But there also, Wayne, will be a limit to how much you can charge. Exactly. I mean, we don't. We're not in. We're not all in Dublin or London or whatever. So there, there is a kind of uh, a limit to your area to how much you can charge. I think we're probably the most expensive in our area. Um, but I would say as well that people will always pay for service. Um, so salons need to kind of. Some salons out there might need to up their game. You might need to look at. You know, what are you actually giving your clients the service? How are you treating your client? How good, do you, how good is your training in the salon? You know, all those kind of things. They're what we're doing to try and make sure that our price increases are, are worth it. Have you heard of any hairdressing salons closing or are in danger of closing? Yeah, loads. I hear ah. I get phone calls from people uh, through the council of people who... Um, you know, people literally having breakdowns, can't do it anymore, can't afford to stay open, rents are going up, the, the inflation and things like that. And I think we'll see, I think what I, I predict is we'll see a lot of people hang on for Christmas. Christmas is usually a pretty good time in our industry. Although I've not heard of lots of Christmas parties this year. I don't know if you have. No, uh, no. It, it's not big news, is it? Lots of people aren't talking about, oh, are we going to our Christmas parties on so-and-so? And that's where your hairdresser comes in. I think in the new year, possibly as we get into um, January and February, we're going to see the salons really struggle. We've made a decision to go down to a four-day week in January and February as an energy-saving and cost-saving exercise um, because there are two quietest months. Yeah, and the the danger, particularly when you talk about some already closing and others in danger of closing, if we lose local salons, people will find it really hard to find uh, a salon closer, uh, you know, especially in rural areas. In many rural areas, the one and only, there might be only the one and only hairdressing salon. If that goes, it goes. And you have to look at, you know, the mental health aspects of the, of the client. We have clients that come here once a week and it might be their only contact with, uh, civilization, if you like. It's their one treat that they, uh, they do for themselves uh, and it's really important to them. I'm going to tell you something really scary now, Patricia. Amazon has salons in London. Amazon? Amazon. Hi. They've opened up hairdressing salons? They've started opening up the chain of hairdressing salons oh, in the UK. Now, my fear is if that comes here um, and, and, you know, we start to lose our small businesses because people don't support them and they support the Saudi economy. We're two steps behind the UK on a lot of things. We could end up with cities with Amazon salons in them. God forbid, that's not the hairdressing I want to see. We had some listeners last week, uh, Wayne, contacted the programme to say they bring their own towels with them into the salon to try to cut down on the cost for the hairdresser. <laughs> Are you hearing much of that? Do you know, I did hear that from a client the other day, and as much as that's really sweet and that's really nice, we hope that it doesn't get to that. that that's compassion from clients, and that's made me feel a bit emotional. Um, we, 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 should be able to prov- we should be able to provide our clients a service of clean towels and sterilised stuff. Our standards haven't gone down since COVID. They were the same before COVID. But we have to be able to 
um, staying within a price bracket that clients can afford to enjoy that service. A trip to the hairdressers should be, a, you know, a pleasurable event, not a, a, a money-scraping kind of mm. scrape by the salon or the clients. You, um, I mean, hairdressers, you would you would just really starting to get back on your feet following COVID because, again, you're one of the industries that completely shut down for long periods of time uh, during uh, COVID. And I'm assuming because of that, you possibly lost some staff as well, did you, in the yeah, industry? Well, staffing is a, is, a, is a massive issue at the moment. You can't get staff anywhere. But that ties in with the black market thing as well. There's lots of people operating privately from home and not paying taxes. And lots of clients would be supporting them too. So I suppose that that you know that you have to look at what that has an impact on to the whole hairdressing industry. Um, and also, a lot of staff don't want to go back to work and work full time. They understandably realised in lockdown they had a quite a, an easier life. But they, you know, in in a lot of cases, what what salons are doing and what clients are the job the staff sorry are asking for is to work three days and. Uh, be, you know, uh, sign on for the other two for an, for an easier life. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, um, that you know, that's no good for the industry. It doesn't work for the industry. And, and in some cases, on those two days off, they're then working from home. OK, a couple of people are picking you up when you were talking about having to the increases in the minimum uh, wage uh, with one listener saying, look, I feel really sorry for small businesses, but does that hairdresser think staff can work for paltry wages? The workers have to live too. Yeah, now to answer that, I, I, no, I don't think staff are to work for poultry wages. I think we're very, very highly skilled, very well trained. Our training's five years. I don't think we have to work for poultry wages. The problem I'm saying is that if the minimum wage keeps increasing, we don't pay our staff minimum wage. Once they become stylists, uh, a stylist here can take home on a busy week 700 quid a week. That's hardly a kick in the teeth. Um, but what I'm saying is in some salons across the way, even across the board, minimum wage might be all they can afford to pay. Mm. So, so particularly uh, the smaller ones, yeah. One of the highest minimum wages in Europe. And as it increases, it puts more pressure on small businesses. I, don't, I totally advocate for people getting a, a good wage for, for the job they do. OK, and, and you mentioned an increase in tax. I'm, I'm assuming what you're talking about there is the VAT. You pay VAT at the hospitality rate, so you've got the lower, the lower one of 9%. Personal services is always dealing with hospitality. It's been a, 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 a business that's always kind of struggled, so we've always been on that VAT rate. And that it's just bad timing, the increase of the VAT rate to come along with all the other three or four things that are coming for us on top of everything that's just behind, not yet behind us, literally will cripple people. OK, all right. So for people to please go out and support your local hairdressing uh, salon, because, my God, we'll all bemoan the fact if, if we lose them. Listen, uh, Wayne, thank you for that. And uh, thank you for joining us on the programme this morning. My pleasure. Have a happy Christmas. Uh, many happy returns. Uh, bye bye. I think that was the first Christmas greetings I've had for this year. That is Wayne Lloyd. Uh, hairdresser based in West Cork but he's also president of the Irish Hairdressing Council 0818 103 103 John Paul's taking your calls you can text or WhatsApp 0862 
103103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. The annual meeting of Nursing Homes Ireland, it was once again stated that the sector is in crisis and there's now serious concern that more nursing home facilities will close. Chief Executive Tyke Daly of Nursing Homes Ireland uh, joins me. Good morning to you, Tyke. Good morning, Patricia. Same topic, different day, uh, Tyg. I mean, are you really now concerned about more closures, particularly as we head into next year? Yeah, absolutely. And look, many people have come on your programme, and I've been on your programme before, talking about crisis. And, you know, maybe on that occasion it mightn't have been a real crisis. But I think there's no doubt now in our minds and in, our, in the minds of our members who attended our EGM on Thursday last that there is a, a real, real threat there. And clearly we don't want to upset older people, our families, you know, who are concerned maybe where their family member lives in a local nursing home. Um, but I suppose we do need to communicate clearly to government and, and to those in power that unless and until action is taken, we will unfortunately see significant numbers of closures, I would imagine, in, in the years and, and or the months and years ahead. So it is very, very difficult. I mean, I spoke to a lot of members at our, at our EGM and, you know, they are struggling. I mean, people mightn't understand that in the public domain. But what they've seen is, you know, incessant increase in, in operating costs. The age profile, the dependency of people coming, requiring care is increasing, whereas the, the funding mechanism and then post-COVID and obviously the energy crisis has just really exacerbated an already difficult situation. Now, just on the energy crisis, the government announced a €10 million Euro new scheme to help with the energy in inflation. And I yeah. have to say, I had to do a double take when I saw the figure. I mean, they can't realistically believe that that would be enough for nursing homes. Absolutely. And I'm glad that, you know, someone maybe outside the sector sees it like that. And I spoke to many people over the last couple of days. They said, are they really serious? And you're right. I mean, we were encouraged, to be fair, when on the 27th of September, a minister announced uh, a fund of £110 million. Uh, And we would have expected, to be brutally frank, probably 40 or £50 million of that would be uh, directed towards nursing homes. So we really were shocked on uh, Sunday last uh, when it was announced it was £10 million. Because as you see from the figures there, what that means is an increase of €15 Euros per resident per week. I mean, if a person is in their own home, as we know, they're getting you know, okay, 600 euros. What this means is something of the order of 100, 180 euros. So there's a huge, huge discrepancy here. And as we already know, and your listeners will know, in nursing homes, you know, heating and, and light is 24-7. So I suppose that went down like the proverbial lead balloon. Now, it, it will be a contribution. You know, we don't want to appear completely ungrateful. But in the context of where we find ourselves, it is completely insufficient. And that's that's the issue. So if it works out at €15 Euro contribution per resident, do you have a figure of what would what, what is the minimum increase you would need? Yeah, well, I mean, what, what we did was, like, to be fair, we had a very good engagement with Minister Butler all the way through. We met in March, we met in April, June, July, and there was two submissions made. In the first submission, we made one ourselves, and it was something of the order just to deal with energy alone something of the order, €69 Euros per resident per week. Then the department said to us, you know, we need independent figures on this. And we went independently, uh, a company, uh, a firm of chartered accountants called Brinson Lawler did some figures. And what they looked at was they looked at all the increases, not just energy. So they looked at energy, food, consumables, and staffing. And the figure they came up with 
because the increase was of the order of 194 euros per resident. So the 15 euro, as you can see, you know, is just insufficient and a fraction of of what the increase. And and as you say, it isn't just electricity and uh, heating. And again, if you bring it back to our own households, we all see we're paying more for everything. Well, absolutely. And when we met officials in the department, you know, we were a bit gobsmacked, to be frank. Uh, you know, I don't want to be talking about, you know, what was essentially, I suppose, a private meeting. But what they said to us was that they were informed that there was had been no increase in, in food costs. Yeah. I mean, anyone in a day-to-day life knows if they're going to the supermarket, there is significant increases in, in food, for example. So that's why this scheme is so insufficient. Because two things. One, it's directed energy only. And secondly, it is capped at 5000 250 euros uh, per, per nursing home per month. So I know from talking to members, for example, and that's why I suppose I'm so maybe I'm normally, as you know, a glass half full person. Um, but we are quite despondent at the moment. And I think some members were waiting for this scheme to be announced and saying, well, that might, you know, get me over the winter. Um, you know, we'll get we'll talk to our bank and maybe do some refinancing, etc., uh, etc. Et but when the scheme that was announced was so insufficient, I, I think it did really tip some people over into thinking, how, how are we going to survive? Um, and, so and, we, and we still have uh, what no one can explain, why HSC nursing homes get paid more per resident per week than a private nursing home. Well, and look, that's, that's the crux of the issue. I mean, we can talk about energy, we can talk about COVID, we can talk about Ukraine all day long. But in effect, what you have here is discrimination. Uh, and a significant underfunding. I mean, the state knows what it costs to provide care. It's something of the order of €8,000 per week in an acute hospital. It's something of the order of sixteen to €1,700 per week in a HSE facility. Uh, and they're expecting the private sector to provide it for something just north of €1,000 per week. And that's at the nub of it, really, Patricia, is the, is the discrimination in, in, terms of the, in terms of the fund. And un, until that's addressed, you know, I'll probably be talking to you and many others over the, the weeks and months and years ahead to, to address the crisis. Now, the minister came out last week and said that the cases and the, the dependency of people in the public nursing homes was much higher. I mean, again, that doesn't stand up to independent scrutiny. So, in reality, what needs to happen here is a significant investment in care of the older person. You've heard me say before... We have an aging population. This is something to be hugely celebrated, but it needs to be it needs to be funded and then funded in terms of home care, mm. in terms of daycare, in terms of meals and wheels, and also nursing home care. We ha- and the fact that we will require more services for older people, what we're seeing in our sector now is a reduction in services, which is going mm. against everything that we're being told from the ESRI, from the CSO, etc. That we should be increasing the services to meet that aging demographic whereas we're going the wrong way. And I think I've said to you before, what I'm really concerned about is maybe not this winter or next winter, but in probably three or four years' time, as a country, we will look back and say, why didn't we do something about it? Yeah, so why, why did we leave those nursing homes? Exactly, go? and there's still an opportunity to do something about it. And look, we're collaborative. You know, people will say, well, he represents his members, doesn't he? Obviously, of course I do. But ultimately, our members have a crucial role to play as part of a well-functioning health service and that needs to be understood because if we don't, what we will be looking at in three, four, five years time, as I said, is you know something akin to the current housing crisis. 
Okay. All right. Listen, Tyke, we'll speak again in the meantime. Thank you for that. And thanks uh, for joining us. Good morning to you. That is uh, Tyke Daly, Chief Executive of Nursing Homes Ireland, 0818 103 103. We're going to take a break. We're heading towards news at 11, which, as I say, that breaking uh, story this morning that the wonderful Cervital Cancer Campaigner, Vicky Phelan, sadly, our family's announced uh, she passed away in the early hours of this morning. So of that and more on our news bulletin at 11 after these. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. I can see so many listeners saying how saddened they are to hear of the breaking news this morning of the death of uh, Vicky Phelan. I think summed up by Anne, one of our listeners, to say I'm so, so sorry to hear of the death of uh, Vicky Phelan. She was a wonderful lady and the fight she put up for her family. May she rest in peace. Such a dear lady. And Anne says my sympathies to all of her family and uh, lots of people saying the same thing to please pass on uh, deepest, deepest sympathies to uh, Vicky's uh, family. Somebody saying what age was she? She was just 48. Yeah, and she had been first diagnosed in 2014. So eight years. She battled so hard for eight years. I mean, she went to the States. Remember when she went? She spent nearly a year in the States getting whatever kind of treatment she could lay her hands on. And she did everything just to stay alive. And even that clip that we played out on the news there at 11, I mean, hear her saying that, she, you know, she will fight to stay alive for the rest of her life. And that's what she did right to the bitter end. Her her children and her parents, God help them. God help them. Tough, tough few days uh, ahead uh, for them. That's the late Vicky Phelan. And we can thank her for all that she did for other women by going so public and telling her story in the hope that no other women would have to go through uh, what she and the other fantastic women who sadly passed away due to the cervical check uh, controversy. May uh, Vicky Phelan rest in peace. 0818103103 and a number of people and I was planning on mentioning the Finnegan family from Ballyclaw outside of Mallow. They were on Ireland's fittest family last night. We were down to semi-finals last night and uh, a lot of listeners wanting to wish them all the best and someone says morning Patricia what about the fittest family last night with the mighty Finnegans as they were described what a show uh, brilliant those kids were absolutely amazing and it's dad John along with Aaron who's 19 and then um, the 14 year old twins are incredible as well Sarah and Lauren and they were brilliant and I don't know if it's just me but the shouting and the screaming and the roaring that I do in my house I'm sure the neighbours must wonder what's happening on a Sunday evening at half past six I just get so into it particularly for the Finnegans particularly when they're one of our own and you just so want them to get through to the final and they're very deserving of getting through to the final I mean they really really did uh, nail it last night so we'll keep our fingers crossed uh, for them for next Sunday and of course they are their coach is one of our own as well uh, Donica uh, O'Callaghan and there, therefore this morning when I opened up this morning's newspapers I was taken aback to read that Ireland's Fishes family is expected now to be the next primetime show to go and this is due to really severe cuts at RTE now already Ultimate Hell Week that was canned and we're told that the next season of Dancing with the Stars is likely to be the show's last Uh, a source at RTE said that these are big big expensive shows and they simply say RTE can no longer afford them and what saddens me is these are the shows that really are big big 
family favourites and they're shows that the whole family can sit down and watch together. I mean, Ireland's Fittest Family, Ultimate Hell Week, Dancing with the Stars, they pull in, you know, most weeks a million plus and there's very few other RTE shows that pull in that kind of viewership uh, figures. But they're all expected uh, to be scrapped as the national broadcaster battles. They're trying to now balance the books. Ultimate Hell Week, which again, I was a big fan of, they only found out that the show wasn't going to be brought back next year on the night that the finals was shown last month and then last night we had the semi-finals of Ireland's uh, Fittest Family with the final on next Sunday and it's expected after that it will be announced that the show is to be um, axed and of course Ireland's Fittest Family was created from a format developed by the Clare hurling legend Davy Fitz who has been a coach on that show uh, since the start along with his friend James Sexton and if when you watch the credit rolls at the end you'll see it was created developed from an idea from Davy Fitz and his friend uh, James uh, Sexton one industry source is arguing that the culling of three huge primetime shows was station practice as well as cost cutting measures now the bosses at RTE have been ordered to cut costs to balance the books, plain and simple. Dancing with the Stars is due to come back next year, 2023. But, according to the papers this morning, it's going to be cut to the bone. The season with next year's Dancing with the Stars, the Stars will definitely be the last season. The producers can stretch a reduced budget, being studio-based, but shows like Ultimate Hell Week and Ireland's Fittest Family because they're filmed on location. They don't look like shows that would cost a lot of money, but because they're filmed on location, that obviously adds to the cost. The show's boss for Dancing with the Stars, Larry Bass, warned in June that programme making was unsustainable for the independent production sector because RTE hadn't had a licence fee increase since 2008. They said that they expect to cut budgets to deliver future shows and simply not sustainable. He says if RTE doesn't get a licence fee increase, it won't be just programmes like Dancing with the Stars, Ireland's Fittest Family and Ultimate Hell Week that will be in trouble. He said Irish people are buying bigger TVs but we're heading for a point where RT, where Irish TV falls off a, a cliff. RT, by the way, were asked for a comment and uh, they haven't uh, commented, but it is looking like Ireland's Fittest Family. And as I say, it's a programme that I've really, really enjoyed. And I know certainly a lot of the listeners here, we, we often get comments in uh, about it, particularly when there's a local family involved uh, like the Finnegan's. So, but the flip side of that is, would, pay, would people be willing to pay more for their television licence? It's, what is it, €160 Euro, and it's been €160 Euro since 2008. The bosses at RTE have been pushing the government to give them more money by way of the licence fee and the government have been at pains to say no. I mean, it is slightly different to the BBC that rely solely on their licence fee in that RTE can take advertising at the same time. Uh, but they've been, there's been problems at RTE with, with budgets for quite some time and it looks like this is the way they're going to save. They're going to cut back on what are some of the more popular uh, programmes. But would people, would people be willing to pay more? Because I know whenever we mention the... The TV license, people get very annoyed and people reckon even for the 160 euro that they're paying per year that they don't get 
they don't get value for their money and there are people saying I never watch RT I don't know why I have to continue paying a licence fee but of course once you have a TV in your house you must pay a licence fee now I mentioned turkeys earlier on and there is and could be a problem uh, with uh, turkeys this year and this of course is all to do uh, with the news that broke yesterday that test results have identified evidence of bird flu now it's in a turkey flock in County Monaghan. It's the Department of Agriculture. They've confirmed yesterday they're putting restriction zones in place and that obviously is to protect the other flocks in that particular area. Avian influenza H5N1 was confirmed. Now it's in a commercial turkey flock after test results identified evidence of the virus in a number of samples that were taken from that particular farm. A protection zone has now been put in place of three kilometres from the infected holding and then what they have is a surveillance zone which is about 10 kilometres is also in place. Now after a number of confirmed bird flu cases in wild birds in recent weeks we know we spoke about it last week the Agriculture Minister introduced regulations requiring all flock keepers to implement enhanced what they called biosecurity measures and what did they do was as in from last Monday all poultry and captive birds um, had to be kept inside in buildings and the idea there was it was to keep them away from wild birds and away from other wild animals. Now the department is advising poultry flock owners to remain vigilant for any signs of the disease in their flocks and obviously if they see any signs there to report them uh, Im- uh, immediately. Now the Health Protection Surveillance Centre they've confirmed that although H5N1 subtype can cause serious disease in poultry and other birds the, the risk to humans is considered to be very, very low. Oh, however, we do know members of the public have been advised not to handle sick or dead wild birds. And also, if you are one of those people who enjoy walking on the beach with your dogs, and unfortunately, we've seen a number of seabirds dead on our beaches. People have been told to keep your dog on a, a leash and to keep them, particularly if you're in an area where there are sick or uh, dead birds. But the, the big worry now is, will there be enough turkeys for Christmas? They are saying at the moment there is no no panic. But obviously, if that bird flu breaks out in more of our bigger poultry farms, then we certainly will have a problem. And I mentioned when I was teeing up the programme with uh, Ken this morning, could you possibly imagine a Christmas without a turkey? I certainly couldn't. Well, Michael in Castletown Bear disagrees with me and says, Patricia, what do you mean Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without a turkey? Michael says, when I was growing up, we always had goose and we licked our fingers after it. Simply delicious. We didn't know what a turkey was. To this day, says Michael, I actually prefer a goose. I always thought, thank you for that, Michael, I always thought that it was turkey for Christmas and the tradition of the goose was on New Year's Day, but maybe I'm wrong. It was a goose in Michael's household and he prefers it to the turkey. 0818 103 103. Mike and Bantry was on when we were talking about the hairdressers and talking about uh, that a lot of people are holding back, particularly for when it comes to the toy shops, it seems they're holding back on buying. People are holding out for, for Black uh, Friday in the hopes that they can get better bargains. And this is all tied in with the uh, cost of living. Mike says, I always support my local shops. I do it all year round. It is so important that you you 
give your uh, support to your local shops, particularly in the run up to Christmas. And Mike highlights uh, things like your local toy shop and your local bookshop and give books at Christmas. They are great, great presents indeed. 0818103103. And somebody else has asked me to mention that Grow meetings are starting this evening at Drum Lee Centre that's just behind Bantry Hospital at half past six. All are welcomed. It will be followed by light refreshments. It is the first face-to-face uh, meeting since uh, COVID. So that's tonight, Drum Lee Centre, just behind Bantry Hospital. 0818 103 103. C103 Jobs. General operatives are needed to join a traffic management team that's in the North Cork area. Call 083 02 Qualified mechanic is needed in the Kinsale area. Please apply by email to Brennan's Motors Kinsale at gmail.com. A part-time post office assistant is wanted in Newmarket. CVs please to Karen at Newmarket Post Office. And ward personnel are recruiting ground workers. If you have experience in pipeline, drainage, excavation or concreting, call 021 233-9120. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. cmig.ie. Now, much-loved singer-songwriter Tommy Fleming has recently released his latest single and it's from his album All These Years. And I'm delighted to say that Tommy Fleming joins me in studio this morning for the first time since when, do you reckon? Good morning, Patricia. It's for the first time since November 2019. Yeah, because you were a regular visitor to the studio and we always uh, love having you in. But of course, COVID times changed all of that. Yes, you are going to sing because I can see whenever we bring Tommy Fleming and you want to sing live, which I don't know if we've done before. No, I don't think I I don't know. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I was suggested it, but anyway, yeah, this time we're in the morning, we're, very dangerous. We're going to keep our fingers crossed. Keep our fingers but, crossed. But, but, but we know it will all work. Firstly, the new single, uh, Open Sky. How do you decide what single to release from an album? How, what's um, the process for that? This one was actually decided by the public um, in the sense that all summer, we um, Tina and I have a camper van, so we go off and we, we go feral for about three or four months of the year. <laughs> and um, we were down uh, around Black Sod area, Belmullet, all that kind of West Coast, wild Atlantic. And weather was amazing in July. So we were kind of spent a whole kind of 10 days, just nobody didn't see anybody, only ourselves. And I did a montage of pictures and videos that I spent like the 10 days doing. And I, I said, oh, I'll put a song over it which was Open Sky, that I recorded uh, in 2006. Um, we got a great reaction. Loads of people said, we never heard that before. Never, I, thought, I thought that was released on the album Life Like Mine. So I just said, let it out to the radios. And uh, it got a great reaction, got a brilliant reaction. Um, so that's how, that's how that was decided. Other times, um, there's nearly, a, it's almost like the Eurovision Committee. <laughs> Um, in that there's Tina, there's myself, there's Connell, there's a, there's a whole load of us that says, will that work? Will it not work? Or else I can go into battle and insist on a song being put on an album or released to radio. For example, from the last album, uh, all these years, um, Downtown Tonight, which was get, got a great reaction as well. Mm. So it's it's kind of a mixed process to yeah, answer your question. Because I imagine when you go out to sing and, and do your concerts, like every single show, I imagine there are some that you have absolutely no, no, whether you hate the song or not, you're going to have to sing it because the people will literally not leave the auditorium unless <laughs> you sing. There's got to be a core group of songs like that. Ah, uh, there are. Um, like, you know, the one lesson I did learn many years ago was Somebody, a friend of mine, the, the comment he used was don't play to the pit, meaning the orchestra pit, to the musicians, play to the people that are buying your tickets. They're the most important. They're the most important people for they, they're your they're your bread and butter. So you have to, I suppose it's very simple. He who pays the piper calls the tune. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so we have to keep songs like Bright Blue Rose. We have to keep songs like Hard Times. The songs, and even though, uh, you know, so I might, I wouldn't say I ever hated them. I love singing, I love them. But do sometimes you, do you tire? I get tired, tired yeah. sometimes of singing them. Yeah. But then again, when you're doing a tour in the last three years that we've had, I am, I'm very grateful now to have them and to, to be able to walk on a stage and sing them again. Because um, at some one point we didn't know where we were going to be. We hadn't a clue. We had no control. Nobody had. Everyone was in the same boat, different situations, but the same boat. Um, so to know that we're for the first time, we're coming back this time with no restrictions, no mention of the C word, you know, that there's it's it's almost 90 percent back to normality. Yeah, which is which is great. And I've had the pleasure of, of attending uh, so many of your concerts in the past. But the one in particular stands out was when I took my my gorgeous mother in law, who's a big fan uh, to see you. And she loves to sing. Yeah. And uh, she and she knows she knows your your music so well. And she literally sang every line of every song. <laughs> and I was sitting there going and I was looking around to other people doing the same. Do you do you like that? I love that. Do you? I do, yeah. yeah. Um, people, the one thing I've always, my mum used to always say to me, God rest her, um, you know, if you can make somebody happy and uh, just do whatever it is that makes them happy, then do it. Um, 
and when I go on that stage, not only do I forget my troubles for two hours and what, 15 minutes, whatever it might be. Um, I hope other people sitting uh, out for me forget theirs as well and that they can just for those two hours, two hours and 15 minutes, you can just kind of leave all your troubles at, a, at, at, on, at the door as you come in and try and kind of just let the world go by and enjoy it. And that's what music does. It is, yeah. yeah. It's such a universal language, isn't it? Yeah. Um, in that, you know, even, you know, when we when I used to tour in countries that English was not the first language, it's it's even the, there was no the music broke that language barrier. Um, but it's just, do you know what? I love it, Patricia. I really love it. Um, I'm getting to a point now. I'm 52 now in May. Um, you don't look a day of it. Oh, I don't know about that now. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I'm getting to a point that I just, I suppose I have, I have an eye on kind of easing up a bit, uh, especially on the foreign tours um, and kind of spend more time with family and more time, I suppose, more time, more p- personal time. Yeah. That's but kind you'll of keep going as long as you're enjoying it. Absolutely, definitely. Once the day I'm not enjoying it is the yeah. day I'm going to give it up because yeah. it's not fair. I, um, I, yeah, I say that about this program because tomorrow actually is the fifteenth. Uh, thirty-two years ago tomorrow, I started this program. Really? And uh, which I find hard to believe. It was, yes, thirty-two years on the fifteenth of November. I did this the, the this uh, in the same time slot, and uh, you know, obviously at that I'm getting to that stage going. I'm like, when, when am I going to give it up? And I give it up on the day that I that I get out get out of bed and say, Oh God, I have to go and do that radio show. I, I love know. it. I just I love it. And, and, the and day, you're the, the same day, with yeah. the singing. The day yeah. you do that is. You know, I remember once we were on a tour in America and I made a vow after that that I wasn't going to do another tour in America. Um, it was it, it was ridiculous. The schedule was crazy. Most mornings you were up at half three in the morning to driving to do to get to a flight to get. It was just mental. There was 15 of us in the crew band and everything else on the road. Um, and, you know, the, the least little thing could go wrong. And at that least little thing, you're talking thousands upon thousands that you'd lose. Um, so the stress of all of that, trying to catch flights, missing flights. And, you know, there, there was a schedule, I think, you know, we, one, the one night you're in New York and then you were the next day, night you were in San Francisco. So it was just crazy. So we just, I came home that year and I just the said. The fun goes out of well, that. The fun was gone that time. Yeah. And I just said, never again. I'm not doing the, I'm not doing a US tour like that again. I'll do the odd one as in the odd show over there, but not not the way it was scheduled. Yeah. It was, I wasn't able for it. Um, yeah. Being honest, I just wasn't able for it. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. We had to all become so resourceful over the last three years, especially the first year to, in 2020. You had to find ways of, I suppose, not entertaining, but keeping yourself going, keeping a purpose. You know, the easiest thing in the world was to, the, night, uh, the biggest decision you had to make was, <laughs> what are we having for the dinner? Yeah. Um, and then after the dinner, you'd be sitting down on the couch watching Netflix or whatever it was. Uh, and before you knew it, you were going into a second bottle of wine. Yeah. And that's that was very, very, very slippery slope. And I remember the, f- the first lockdown. It was like it was like a very long Christmas to me. And because I had just finished working on the 2nd of um March. You got the tour out of the way. I got the tour out of the way. Yeah. We, and we were in lockdown on the 12th. So it was kind of, ah, this is grand. You know what I mean? And, you know, we got the house painted and I did all of that and I loved doing it. Then all of a sudden I realised this is there's no purpose here. There's no, you know, the biggest part of your day is bringing the dogs for a run. 
and decide what you're having for the dinner. So that's when I started doing things like going out in the Jeep and singing a song. Now, the Jeep tunes, that became hugely successful. It did. And it, it, that wasn't its intent at all. Yeah. Um, just for, for people who didn't, who weren't aware of it, 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 just remind us what you did. You got into your Jeep. It was I every day. Every day. I got into the Jeep um, and I'd be going for a run and I'd sing a song with the dogs <laughs> in the back. I, I, how it started, actually, Patricia, was there was, um, we were clearing out the office and we had CDs upon CDs of backing tracks. And Tina said to me, go through all of these to see what you don't have. Okay. Um, and what you don't have, we'll digitise them and digitise the whole lot and send them to the recycling. So I used to put the CD into the uh, Jeep and play the track and I'd sing a song to it. And then it went on for a hundred and something days. Um, and I was running out of Different songs. Different song every day. Different song every day. And I was yeah. running out of songs. So I had to, I had to <laughs> go and carry out. People were coming and sending in requests for songs I never sang. And I'd have to go on karaoke sites trying to get the track <laughs> and download it and... So I'd, I learned an awful lot, like, you know, even doing mo- do putting videos up and editing movies and learned all of that. Now, uh, this is a man that I didn't even know how to use the Sky Remote. <laughs> and I learned all of this throughout throughout the lockdowns. And, you know, it's funny, I've saved our, ourselves a fortune on video advertising because we do it ourselves now. Yeah. Um, but the Jeep tunes, what it did for me was I used to get up in the morning and it meant that I couldn't be misbehaving the night before because I needed to be able to sing the next day um, and that kind of gave me purpose yeah. and I got up in the morning and it was brilliant to see the comments coming so we in ha- from all over the world yeah, it, it was, was it was just great you yeah. were almost waiting oh what's today what's this tune going to be and then oh, where's he going to go oh, where's he going to go <laughs> and it was always beautiful blue skies it was always gorgeous and then you moved that to the tavern tunes which I thought was ingenious well what we did was See, we have a, I, I shouldn't admit this, but we have, we've, what the, what the old kids, the old toy room, what, well, now they're not kids, they're all grown up. So we trans, instead of making another sitting room, which you don't need, we turned the uh, kids' toy room into the adults' playroom, <laughs> which is a bar. Um, that, that came out all wrong. Yeah, that did actually come out all wrong. It's a bar. It's, it's a, a bar. It's a, it's a, yeah. it's a tavern. So we've built a bar in the house and a, ke- a, ke- a tap again is a t- tap of Heineken. And the strange thing was there was no, we were the only two going into it because no, you couldn't have anybody in your house. Yeah. So we would get up, we would, we'd earn Saturday night out and we'd go across the hallway into the, into the bar. <laughs> into the tavern. Into the tavern. And Date we'd, night. We'd, we'd do our, we'd do a programme. Tina was behind the bar, I was in the front of yeah. it. I was the presenter. She was the co-host. And she, she went on camera and she everything. Went on she camera was great. And great Do- for her confidence. The dogs and everything. But she yeah. was, it was a calamity of errors because people would ring in the middle of it and we forgot <laughs> to take the phone off the hook. You know, the lid would fall off the bin <laughs> or, you know, and you just, everything was going wrong. And that was that was part of the, yeah. not the allure, that's the wrong word. That was part of the fun yeah. of it. And, you know, like people were sending in requests from all over the world. Yeah. And we'd just sing songs and we'd chat about what happened the week before. What you know, <laughs> just nonsense. But you loved it. <laughs> but we we it worked. Yeah. And yeah. And it was something to do on a Saturday night. It was something to do, and like yeah. it was funny. Our families that were we hadn't seen for a long time used to tune in on a Saturday night yeah, to, to see, see us because <laughs> they wouldn't they wouldn't be seeing you because they were the, over the two kilometres. Yeah, yeah. I one of my sisters, uh, Paula, is a huge fan of yours, and uh, she would send me on a message like with five minutes to go. So don't forget, Tommy's on in five minutes, just for fear that I might be busy and might have missed oh, it. For so God she'd, be, she'd be on straight yeah. away. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Because I grew up with vinyl, yeah, and to see my album on a vinyl meant something more to me than anything ever because 
I don't know. It just seemed, it seemed real. Yeah. If that I makes know. sense. Whereas the CDs didn't. The CDs <laughs> didn't. You know, it just, it seemed, it yeah. seemed like it was. Um, I think it's great. And I love the sound of I Ireland. love the sound. I yeah. just love the sound. Lots of people uh, saying, what a great way to start a Monday morning having Tommy Fleming on the radio. He's fantastic. And somebody said, so gorgeous to hear Tommy. I lost my son in a car accident. I hope to meet him again uh, one oh day. Oh God, I'm so I'm sorry very lonely that. at the moment. God, yeah. So, it's, so it, it has touched. It certainly has touched uh, people. Uh, I knew we were going to f- uh, so run out of time but before we go talk to me about tours because you are you're on you've started the tour have you I started no I don't start it until the 25th we kind of brought it earlier this year so I start the 25th of November okay and we're doing the kind we're bringing the church tour into the main tour okay so um we're doing I'm doing four churches prior to I'm going over to Osden in Australia in December for a week to do PR for a week oh for yeah. PR okay PR right. and then yeah. I come back I'm home just for Christmas so I'm taking the Christmas off and then we're back on the road from mid-January for the main tour which will bring us to the important part the Cork Opera House and you're doing two nights doing two nights we always yeah. do two, two nights, nights yeah. Yeah. and that's Friday the 3rd of February and, and Saturday the 4th, 4th. and tic- those tickets are on sale they're on sale now yeah. at the box office in Cork Opera yeah, House yeah because I always think I, l- I love to hear about those tickets co- coming on sale early because they make great Christmas presents as that's well we, we deliberately go go for that yeah. do you know what I mean because yeah. people you can just imagine that Mick and Mick and Michael are outside having a few pints on Christmas Eve and they've forgotten to buy the mother presents so <laughs> the next thing they'll buy tickets so it's, it's an ideal way to do it. not that they'd ever forget to buy the mother a present Tommy as always it's been an absolute uh, pleasure thank you it's been to, great to be we'll back we look forward to, to seeing you again soon and thanks for joining us and for singing live more not than at all thank you and thanks to all the listeners for the support thank you so good much good morning Tommy Fleming Court today on C103 with Corrigan Insurance's McCroom now part of McCarthy Insurance Group want great advice you know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Thank you to a number of people taking time out to text in WhatsApp about having uh, about Tommy Fleming being in studio with us this morning. Summed up, I think, by Eileen, who just says, wow. Tommy Fleming, what an amazing talent. And he sounds like a real, genuine, nice guy and so humble, says Eileen. And he is, and I tell you myself and John Paul, we always get excited when Tommy says, you know, he's doing a tour or he's going to be around and would we have a slot and could he come down and could he come in? And he always insists on coming live uh, to a studio and all too often, you know, the smaller local radio stations get forgotten by a lot of the stars. And, you know, you might they, they might do a phone in uh, and give you three minutes over the phone or something. But Tommy's always willing to get in the car and drive from Sligo and come to us here in Cork and spend as much time as we can uh, facilitate him with. And uh, just that singing live today was really, really quite uh, special. So I absolutely enjoyed it and good to see so many others did as well. And it's February of next year that he's playing the Opera House. Somebody said, I'll be straight off to get those tickets. This, the worst thing is I'm going to have to wait until February to see him live, says another listener. So thank you for people to, who took time, time out for that. OK, now I've had an email in saying, could you please give a shout out to this? Somebody's lost a bunch of keys. Now, it seems to be quite a large bunch of keys. They were lost somewhere in the city area on Saturday night last. There's house keys. There's a Toyota car key on it and lots of other keys. And oh, goodness, to lose a big bunch of keys like that. The listener was in Shandon Street. They were in Blarney Street. They were in North Main Street, that general area of the city centre. And then they travelled to Douglas and they're unsure where they lost the keys. 
So if anybody found that bunch of keys or heard of somebody who found a large bunch of uh, keys, uh, we have the listeners contact details. If you make contact with us, somebody at the end of that mobile number would certainly love to hear from you. It would be great if we could get that bunch of keys back. I can see questions coming in for Annalise. Can you keep those uh, coming in, please? Because Annalise will join us a little bit later on uh, on the uh, programme. So if you have a question for Annalise, 0818103103 or if you want to text or WhatsApp you can to 0862103103 and just during news there at 12 I just quickly went online uh, just taking a look at uh, the outpouring of love and grief that's coming in for Vicky Field and it's just incredible the amount of tributes are coming in but one that really caught my eye was a tweet from Charlie Bird and of course Charlie Bird and Vicky Phelan have had become such good friends since Charlie's diagnosis and Vicky has been so supportive of him and when they Charlie was doing the climb of, of Croke Patrick remember poor Vicky was hoping to make it and do it with him but unfortunately she wasn't uh, well enough but Charlie in his tweet says my heart is broken just hearing about the passing of Vicky Phelan over the past year she gave me great support to keep fighting my terminal illness the whole country says Charlie should be in mourning at the passing of this remarkable human being my heart is broken my my hero is gone. Oh, God help him, poor Charlie, who is really facing his own health battles at the moment as well. We are going to be talking a little bit more about um, Vicky Phelan, uh, just as I say, but the outpouring on certainly online is just huge. She's made such an impact. Uh, she really has. And, and I wondered, uh, did she realise before her passing the impact and what she has done for and in particular for women in this uh, country? As I say, we will be remembering uh, Vicky in a little while. And uh, somebody, oh, this was, this came in from last week. A Mitchestown listener says, Hi Patricia, I hope I may have missed your answer to my query last week. That was about the gentleman who called to my door in the Mitchestown area doing service for the Central Statistics Office. He said he would return for the receipts, but he still hasn't uh, returned. It's now about six weeks ago. Well, we emailed the Central Statistics Office. They say they're getting onto their household budget team because I reckon that's what it is. It's somebody from the household budget team. We're still awaiting for them to come back to us, but as soon as they do, but we haven't forgotten about you, but as soon as they, so just hold on to the receipts because my gut tells me that that is a genuine survey that's been been conducted and I don't know how long they normally wait to come back um, and whether there's been an issue around why the gentleman who called and why he hasn't been able to call back. So hold on to the uh, receipts. We've been talking about cost of living and how everybody is kind of watching their pennies at the moment and, and being um, being careful about what they're spending. And the big one, I suppose, is energy costs and heating costs. And we've been we've had a, a very mild October and so far November has been quite mild. I mean, was it 17 degrees on Saturday? I was thinking on Saturday there was days during the summer when we didn't hit uh, 17 degrees and I know before somebody says, Patricia, that's climate change. I know, I know. But um, the, the positive of it, if you can see any positive out of it, was people not having to light fires or turn uh, heating on even though now looking at the weather forecast going across this week, even tonight now the temperatures are starting to dip and that's going to put people under pressure uh, to heat their homes. So I wasn't at all surprised to see an article in one of the Sunday papers yesterday to say that the sale of Supercell gas heaters are on the rise. And I certainly remember growing up 
in the 70s and 80s, we always had a superstar and they give uh, they give out the most amazing heat. They really do. Now, there'll be a generation of people who won't even know what a superstar is, but there'll be another generation of people who will say, I was raised with the superstar. And the one advantage, of course, to the superstar was it was on wheels and you could wheel it from one room to the other room. You always switched it off, though, before you'd wheel it from one room uh, to, to the other. But... There is, uh, besides cost of living and people are watching how they're heating their homes, there's another reason, it seems, for an increase in superstars. And you know we're all under threat that there could be blackouts this winter. We don't know for sure whether we're going to get blackouts, but we could get blackouts. And you could end up with, for a period of time, where for so many hours a day, we mightn't have any electricity. And for a number of houses, that's going to mean absolutely no heating. And I was thinking, I have central heating in my house, but it run, it's run from a boiler. So if the lights go out, the boiler can't work. So we'll end up with uh, no heating. Now, you just hope and pray that we don't get these blackouts. But just for fear that we do, people are getting worried and concerned about that. So people are saying, what will I buy? I'll buy a little. Uh, super sir and also other people are buying these super sirs um, as a way to try to control their central heating bills or their gas bills so sales of the portable heaters jumped 30% last uh, month they of course don't need uh, electricity you use a, a cylinder of gas they give out a great bit of heat into the room and this is from one expert who says if you use one or two bars of a super sir for eight hours a day You'll get four weeks out of the cylinder of gas. Now, I don't know how much a cylinder of gas is. If anybody has recently purchased a cylinder of gas, can anybody tell me how much do they cost? But if you, if one or two bars for eight hours a day to get four weeks out of it, that to me looks like a cheaper way certainly to heat uh, to heat your home now superstar heaters have been sold in Ireland since the 1960s they were most uh, popular in the 70s and 80s then they kind of fell out of favour but they were always there you could always get yourself a little superstar if you wanted uh, one but then there was a big relaunch of them in 2009 and I'm wondering was that tied in with all the with the with what was happening in the uh, economy, but uh, and due now to huge demand for the heaters, Flowgas have already sold more superstars to date this year than they did for the whole of 2019. That's a quote from uh, Flowgas, and they say demand continues to outstrip supply at the moment, and Flowgas is working hard to deliver as many as possible before and after Christmas. So I'm just wondering how many people grew up like I did, remembering the superstar heaters, and as I say. They do throw out a great amount of heat, but just how much is the bottle? Or the cil- is it a bottle of gas? You buy a cylinder of uh, gas. And you do, I mean, you see the gas on, you see those cylinders of gas on sale. Certainly my garage uh, sells them. But of course, you can use gas cookers run off those cylinders of gas as well. So I don't know how many people still have or have recently invested in a brand new Supercell. 0818 103 103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text, you can uh, WhatsApp to 086 to 103 103. John in Killarney was on. Uh, to say that he uh, he he gets six to the teeth when he hears councillors on this programme and indeed on other programmes and quoted in newspapers um, when they are giving out about everything. But yet when it comes to the property tax year on year, I don't hear many of them giving out about the property tax. John in Killarney feels that for people who built their own houses, particularly that built their own houses and had and had to pay very high mortgage interest rates when mortgage interest rates were very high, he feels that that cohort of people should be exempt from the local property 
tax. Now, how you would work out, there was a period of time in the 80s where mortgage interest rates certainly were sky high. So would you would you set a sort of, I don't know how you would actually uh, introduce what you're suggesting, John, would you set a period of time that anyone who bought a house in particular years, that they were the ones that would be exempt? But I could straight away hear ructions go on for people would say that they're paying as much today and interest rates are starting to rise as well so I don't know if anyone if everyone is going would be happy with that or not 0818 103 103 Jer, uh, or Trish sorry Trish my name's sick in Blackpool was on to say if she's a gas cooker so she buys the cylinders of the yellow cylinders of uh, gas um, she pays 70 euros for both. So she buys two of them. They're two yellow bottles, 11.35 kg. So, so they're about 35 euro each. I'm, I'm assuming that's what it is. She said the prices can change depending where you get them from. When it gets delivered, they take away the empties and then replace the new the, the new ones. And uh, she, she said, but people do need to shop around that you can get better value. OK, so it's not like a bag of coal where it's almost a set price. She reckons value uh, value can be had, but you do have some places that actually deliver them. As I say, I saw them in the garage. I saw them in my local garage where people just pop them into the boot of their car. But uh, Trish says where she gets them from in Blackpool, they have a delivery service, which is even better. 0818 103 103. A reminder to you, we are looking for your questions for Annalise you can text or WhatsApp to 0862103103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council, where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at corkcoco.ie. Donnerell Active Retirement Group, their next meeting is this afternoon at three. Prior to the meeting, they will have yoga at two and also crafts going on at uh, two. And the book club are hoping that you're reading the book as the next meeting of the book club is next Saturday at 11 a.m. Bingo continues in Butterfield every Monday night, including tonight at 8. New jackpot starting tonight of €2,500 in 45 calls or less. There'll be a mini jackpot, in-house lotto and a 50-50. Uh, everyone is welcome. Balancolic Flower and Garden Club, they're hosting a Christmas charity gala floral demonstration. It's entitled Tis the Season. It's with Margaret Quinn of IFA at Oriel House in Balancolic. It is on tonight, starts at 8 o'clock. Charity is supported on the night will be the Cork Penny Dinners and the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland. Light refreshments, spot prizes, trade stands and raffle. And tickets are, are €20. Euro. And author Bill Power is delivering two lectures focusing on the Civil War. Now, one is tomorrow night, Tuesday. That's at 8 o'clock in the Mallow Social Services Centre. Uh, that's at 8 o'clock. And then on Wednesday, he'll be in Formoy Community Youth Centre at quarter past eight. Copies of his book, Doomed Inheritance, that I spoke to him about on the programme, which focuses on the looting and burning of Mitchestown Castle, will also be available on both nights. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. Mig.ie. Tributes are starting to flow in to uh, following the very sad news of the death of uh, Vicky Phelan earlier this morning with the Taoiseach and Micheál Martin paying tribute to Vicky Phelan, calling her a woman of extraordinary courage and integrity. And Avril Power, the CEO of the Irish Cancer Society, says we are poorer for the loss of Vicky Phelan, but truly richer as a nation for her contribution. And Avril Power of the Irish Cancer Society joins me. Good, morning. Good afternoon to you, Avril. 
Good afternoon, and, and you're very welcome. Is is it hard to sum up the contribution that Vicky Phelan has has played? It really is. Um, Vicky, as you know, I am underwent really grueling treatment over the last few years as a result of her cancer being diagnosed so late. And yet, despite that, she's just constantly fought until the end to help other women. Um, when she brought her case um, to the court back in 2018, she could have walked away. She was offered a settlement and, and pressure was put on her to um, sign a confidentiality agreement and just restrict it to herself and not let anybody else know what had happened. And she refused to do that because it was so important to Vicky to have fairness um, and to think of the other women affected. So it's really only thanks to Vicky that other women actually know that they were also affected by the failings in cervical check. Um, over 200 other women we then found out, and that was thanks to Vicky's determination that we know that. And then she also fought so hard to improve the system, to improve cancer screening, to save other women's lives. So, as I said, we're all just devastated this morning. It's really sad news. I'm incredibly sad for Amelia and Dara in particular, her children, her children that meant the world to her, and she fought so hard to have my time with. I am so just devastated for them today. Yeah, that's an incredible mom and an incredible campaigner. That's the one thing when when I heard the news. Um, I was I was just just come on air this morning when I heard the news, and it was her children straight away because she always spoke about that. You know, the big yeah. battle wasn't necessarily for herself, but it was yeah. to be around for her children. And so many of the women that we've lost because of this uh, controversy have been young mothers. Yeah. Um, just devastating, you know, nobody should have their life tragically cut short by, by cancer, but particularly at such a young age, and then to have found that there were opportunities to help, you know, if her slides had been read right the first time, that it might not have happened, that her cancer could have been caught early. Um, so it's just so unbelievably sad, um, and we're so grateful to her in the Irish Cancer Society for all of her campaigning, um, providing a listening ear to so many other women as well on a personal level, you know, in addition to all the national campaigning, the phenomenal work that she did to change the system. She also, remember when I met her, I, she told me that she'd, you know, she, when she was in the waiting room waiting for her own treatment, she'd always talk to the woman beside her and ask her how she was and offer a listening ear and advice and her phone was always getting messages and calls from people and just to have the strength to do that and the generosity of her to do that she, but th- that's so that's you've hit on something there she was incredibly generous with her time just phenomenal I'm just so incredibly generous with her time I'm even earlier this year you know and she was so sick and she was on palliative care I remember been in text conversation with her a few months ago and she would pull back from public life but she still said look if there's anything that I can do to help let me know and that was just sickly true to the core. You know, she just couldn't do enough for other people, no matter how sick she was herself. And she also was a pains to point out how important it is for women to go and have their smear tests. Yeah, absolutely. Um, despite her own experience, she felt really passionate about screening and the ability of screening to pick up changes before they become cancer at all and when they're so easy to treat. And she will have saved so many lives as a result, by encouraging other women to get screened and also by improving the screening process. She lives out countless lives and we can only be so grateful to her for that. Other moms 
will get to spend time with her kids because of Vicky and we're so sad that she doesn't have that. Yeah. I saw for all Charlie Bird um, tweet that the whole country should be in mourning and, and I genuinely think Avril that the whole country is in mourning it's almost like we've all lost a family member with the passing of Vicky I think so and you know Vicky spoke so openly about everything she was going through she was just so open and so warm um, and just so frank and, and brave so I think all of us felt that we knew her um, you know yeah. obviously her family are the only people you'll ever truly know her but she gave us all a little piece of her as well um, and I think all across Ireland today people are profoundly sad for her loss. By the way had you seen the documentary? Yeah, yeah. Um, so. It's powerful isn't it? Yeah. It really is she powerful. Believe it, you know Vicky sadly isn't with us anymore but her legacy will always be here and there are so many women in particular who were just so grateful to her for the incredible difference that she made. Well done, well done, well done. And I, and I can hear it in your voice how upset you are. So I appreciate you taking time to talk to us, Avril. Thank you for that. Thank you. As uh, we remember uh, the wonderful, wonderful uh, Vicky Phelan, that's uh, Avril Power, CEO of the Irish uh, Cancer Society. And somebody says, Patricia, I read The Climb with uh, Charlie book um, that Vicky, yeah, Vicky was so involved with Charlie, she wasn't able to do the climb uh, that uh, day. Vicky feeling a truly, truly remarkable uh, woman. May she rest in a peace. 0818103103. John Paul's taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp to 0862. 103 103 and we are in particular looking for your questions for Annalise Drussell, a nutritional therapist. If you've got a question, get them in now. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. This is the Court Today replay on C103. A number of I've texts in about the SuperSurs with the news that the SuperSurs, the sale of SuperSur gas heaters on the uh, increase. It's a combination of people being afraid of con- uh, blackouts during the winter months and others are hoping to use the SuperSur as a way of controlling central heating uh, costs. Somebody, Brendan says, I had SuperSurs, got nothing but sore throats and laryngitis from them. They may be good for heat, but I don't think they are worth it, says Brendan. Somebody else says, Superstar heater, very good, but it can cause a lot of condensation, even if you leave the window open a bit. But Mike in Bantry has a solution and says if you're going to use a Superstar, put a bowl of water on or near the Superstar. It helps to take the dryness out of the air. And actually, I remember my late mother doing that as well. There was always a bowl of water up on top of the Superstar, and I now realise that's probably what it was for. Chair says, I bought a Superstar last month. About the gas costs 34 euro, but you need to have an empty boss gas bottle to exchange for a new one and if you don't then that's 40 euro after that exchange you you exchange your empty for a full one hope that helps the people that were inquiring about it hi mary says i have a super server my problem is i never know when the gas is running out and somebody else says 38.44 is what i pay for gas for super server. so it does look like it varies in price depending on where you are buying it from 0818103103 questions please for Annalise Drussell of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancolic who now joins me. Good afternoon to you Annalise. Good afternoon. And I can already see lots and lots of questions uh, coming in. Let me start with Fiona in Formoy who got her question in uh, earlier on. Say I have a 10 year old daughter with acne on her forehead and chin. 
I'm using CeraVe Cleansing Wash and La Roche-Posay Spot Cream. Do- doesn't seem to be working. Don't want to use anything too harsh as she's so very young at just 10. Any advice would be much appreciated. Seems very young for acne, doesn't it, 10? Well, it is, Patricia, but I do think puberty is hitting a lot younger now because of various different things. I mean, there is a lot more estrogen in our environment and also um, nutrition is better as well. So young girls are starting puberty at much, you know, much younger ages and boys as well. So like we're seeing young girls with their period at 10 and 11 now. So it probably really is just the beginnings of puberty and... um, really as in the, that lady is dead right because a lot of the uh, and you can spend a fortune on them very expensive acne treatment creams and face ranges can actually end up stripping the skin of oil the problem is the more you strip oil out of the skin the more the skin will work hard to put uh, the oil back in so it doesn't make the problem any better really and generally acne is related to hormones diet is a big part to play in it as well and what happens is that there is a bacteria that can infect the sebum that's being produced by the skin and that creates those little spots. So keeping the skin clean is one thing, but not using anything harsh that kills the good bacteria that, you know, prevent the other bacteria from infecting and causing those yellow heads. So we love the Salcura Antiac. It's a natural face wash and you can buy a spray as well that goes with it and a spot cream. And actually the spot cream is great because it takes the angry redness out of the spots very, very quickly and helps them heal. So that's a fantastic range and it is all natural and there are omega-3s and omega-7 oils in it as well to keep the skin beautifully soft and hydrated so you don't get that problem with sebum. And the last thing I would suggest is that there is a very good... um, there is a very good supplement by uh, Viridian. It's called Clear Skin Complex. Now, it's a little bit expensive, but it's often a good one to kickstart the process of clearing. It supports the good bacteria in the skin. It supports healthy skin. And it also supports the gut, which plays a big role in acne. So that's a good all-rounder. And if you took it for a couple of months until her skin clears up, she probably will hopefully be able to maintain it then with the Antiac by Salcura. Okay, Georgia was on uh, to say she's in her late 20s. She's suffering from reoccurring UTIs, of which she currently has one. I don't want to go back to the doctor to get another antibiotic. What would Annalise suggest? So it's actually an interesting one, Patricia, this recurring UTIs. We're seeing an awful lot more of it and since COVID and since the COVID vaccines. And I'm not sure if there's some link there or not, um, because, you know, a lot of people will get a kidney infection, but it generally gets cleared up. But this it's this recurrent one that's the difficulty. Um, what happens then when you take an antibiotic is it also kills all the good bacteria. And actually the good bacteria, when they're there, they occupy so much space, they tend to crowd out the disease-causing bacteria. So when you're trying to recover from recurrent kidney infections, trying to avoid the antibiotic is really important because it just puts you back to square one. So what we generally recommend for people is three products for a period of at least one to two weeks. The three products are the Dr. Claire, the Dr. Dealer Claire. She does Cystone, which is a lovely blend that supports the mucus producing cells of the uh, urinary tract and makes it less dry and sensitive to being damaged and also helps to, the good bacteria to flourish. Then we recommend the Cranbiotics, our probiotic with some cranberry extract to get that back in. And the last thing we recommend is something called Demanose. Demanose is actually recommended by a lot of the urologists and the consultants. It prevents bacteria from sticking on. And if they can't stick on in the kidney, they um, can't multiply and create disease. So we would generally say 
do take those three times a day for at least one to two weeks until you're feeling that you know everything is cleared up and there's no stinging or sensitivity or pain and then you can go on to a maintenance dose of a one a day of the D-manose and the cranbiotics. It's interesting you talk about the antibiotics. I, I'm prone to getting UTIs from taking an antibiotic not for a UTI but taking uh, like I recently for example had an infection in my gum and I had to take an antibiotic and that antibiotic gave me a UTI yeah. which is and just really frustrating. And you can imagine exactly Patricia that's also doing that to the gut too so you can see over time um, how that can you know like recurrent antibiotic use can lead to lots of other health issues coming out. So if you ever do have to take an antibiotic and sometimes you've no choice and you have to um, you, you should always take a probiotic at the same time. Try and get one that's antibiotic resistant and take it away at least by a couple of hours. And even if those bacteria are going to be killed off by the antibiotic when you take it, at least they'll be still passing through. And while they're passing through, they'll be having their usual benefits. And then as soon as you finish the antibiotic, I'd recommend taking a probiotic two or three times a day uh, for at least two weeks after any antibiotic. Okay, Noreen is suffering from tinnitus and getting awful pain off the back of her neck. What would you recommend? I don't know if that is that linked? That Could be linked. So my own experience of tinnitus, and again, now this is my own, I'm not an expert, but I think there's two reasons that people get tinnitus. One of them is where something has created inflammation in the inner ear. Um, so that often happens as a result of an ear infection or another virus that affects the inner ear and can also cause vertigo. Um, and in that case, it's an anti-inflammatory approach. So things like Boswellia, turmeric extract. Uh, we have another nice kind of natural high anti-inflammatory one called P4 immune, uh, which is very good. And that's really the, the, the way to treat that. But in this case here, I think it could be more the second reason. And this is where my tinnitus came from. So if you've got a bad neck, I, I think it must press on something because my tinnitus always used to be bad when my neck was sore and then if my neck was okay I wouldn't have tinnitus so in that case really you have to get treatment for your neck I go to an excellent chiropractor um, called Dr. Karina Maloney in Wilton and she has been my lifesaver she has sorted out my tinnitus and she always says oh gosh you know don't tell people you'll sort out the tinnitus because it's one of the most difficult things to fix but sometimes that is the only option if it's coming from your neck Okay, hi, question please for Annalise. I'm getting swelling in my ankle. I do three to four different types of running, for example. I do speed work and I do distant running. I'm in my early 50s and I've been running all my life. I've never had this problem before, but it's been with me now for the last few weeks. By the way, I'm also going to a physio, but anything that Annalise could suggest for swelling in my ankle? Yeah, so I suppose the physio has provided kind of probably more accurate um reasons for why it might be swelling but like I think it probably maybe there is a little bit of muscle damage um, uh, or maybe it's just you know the muscles are a little bit overworked so there's a couple of things that you could use possibly to rub on generally when there's muscle damage you, t- you take arnica homeopathic arnica unfortunately hasn't been available in Ireland all year because of licensing issues but great news is it'll be back on our shelves in January again because they've sorted out the licensing so uh, if you could get your hands on some Arnica tablets, you could take a course of those for a while. You can also get an Arnica rub or Arnica gel, and that could help. The other thing that might help as well is the magnesium gel. That's really, really good for anything to do with water retention as well. So, um, And it's great for kind of easing out muscles that are sore and tense. So they might, either of those might help. So that's 
either arnica cream or we'll either do a lovely arnica massage balm that's a rub or else magnesium gel or oil. Okay, morning, Annalise. I'm just wondering, what would you recommend, please? I'm 43 years of age with a recent DEXTA scan result of minus 2.3. Now, I had a hysterectomy about seven years ago with one ovary removed, and I've been on HRT for the last 12 months. I do have a family history of osteoporosis. Thanking you in advance. Great. Well, it's great to hear that our um, HRT, because that is one of the most significant things for bone loss in women so we have a much higher risk of getting osteoporosis once we go through menopause so that's great so I think there's two things I always think about when somebody is um, suffering has osteopenia and osteoporosis and if there's a big family history and the first thing is is um, is that person actually absorbing you know is are there any uh, digestive issues that mean that calcium even if it's in the diet is not being absorbed the other reason why you mightn't be absorbing calcium from your diet is lack of vitamin D. So that's a really important nutrient as well. Um, so a lot of bone supplements are made from calcium carbonate, which is chalk. That's also notoriously difficult to break down and absorb. Anybody who's taking an acid-blocking medication for their stomachs, like a PPI, like Nexium, they also will be at risk for osteoporosis because they're not acidifying the calcium, which makes it easier to absorb. So my advice would be to do a very good bone supplement. And the one that works the best, of course, it's the most expensive in the shop here, but it is the Nature's Plus Garden Bone Support. And that has a new type of form of calcium, which comes from algae. And it, you, your body doesn't need to do a whole pile of work to be able to absorb it. It's very, very easy to absorb. And it's also very easy to incorporate into the bone. It also has a combination of the other things that are needed to build healthy bone, which is vitamin D for calcium absorption, vitamin K2 so that you can get the calcium out of your bloodstream onto the bone. I think there's a bit of vitamin C in it as well. But there are other less expensive bone supplements that are very good as well. The BioCare Osteoplex is another excellent one. And they just kind of cover all the bases. So they give you peace of mind that you know you're putting everything into your body for a healthy bone. And then, of course, exercise is key as well. So buy yourself a couple of weights um, in Aldi often little they do cheap weights buy yourself a couple of weights and do a few uh, weights at home because it's building of the bone as well as is key Okay, hi, what does Annalise think of minimum? It is being advertised an awful lot for menopause Yeah, um, it's actually it's a nice supplement in that it's a few combination of a few different things that can help with menopause um, it has got krill oil in there which of course is always good for mucous membranes so that'll help with um, a lot of people start suffering from dry eye um, they see their skin is getting drier they might have vaginal dryness so that can help with that and also the krill oil of course is lovely for heart and brain health so it's doing a double job and there are a few other things in there that can help with the menopause and w- the feedback we get can be good for that but sometimes if you're really in the throes of menopause where it's just at the worst you may need something stronger the other ones that have worked very well for our customers are the, the best one, I suppose, that we get the feedback on is the Nutri-Advanced uh, Perimenopause Support one. Um, it's fantastic. And we'd often start people on that and then maybe move them on to the Menamin or also NHP, our company um, that have collaborated with Dr. Marilyn Glenville. She's the female hormone specialist and she does a menopause support one that's very successful as well. Okay, and this is one that comes up every now and again. And the minute I saw the start of the text saying this is an embarrassing one and people hate to talk about anything that's embarrassing. But somebody said, I've recently noticed that I'm suffering from flatulence, particularly after eating. I'm in my late 50s. 
Okay, generally that flatulence occurs because you're not really breaking down food, most likely carbohydrates, and there's maybe a little bit of overgrowth of bacteria that are now thinking it's like a party because they've all of a sudden, it's like putting a keg of beer into a room full of students. So they're fermenting that carbohydrate and that creates a lot of wind and trapped wind. Um, sometimes it, it can be uh, like, you know, a more smelly type of flatulence as well. That can maybe indicate that you're having a difficulty digesting proteins and fats. So what could help in both cases would be taking a digestive enzyme, but making sure that you get one that's most suitable for the type of wind that you're getting. So if it's more the loud and proud, I suppose, it's the carbohydrate, in which case get a digestive enzyme with a lot of carbohydrate digesting enzymes in there. And we love the Terra Nova digestive enzymes. They're fantastic. They also come as well with probiotics you can get, and that can also help with flatulence, especially if it's just started after taking an antibiotic or maybe taking medication for anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen and diphene can cause it too. And then if it's more the type where you feel you're not digesting fat and protein, I think the Viridian digestive enzyme is excellent. Also, Nature's Plus, they do one called Ultrazyme, and these are full of the ones that help break down fats and proteins. Okay, but don't be embarrassed because it happens to lots of people. All right, uh, Annalise, thank you for that, and thanks for joining us on the programme. Thanks, Patricia. And as always, this afternoon, Annalise will put up as heard on the radio on her website, healthhubstore.com, and John Paul will also put up um, Annalise's slot as a separate podcast later on this afternoon. A couple of people on about the Super Sirs. Uh, Joe in Kilmalik uh, says he did, he once upon a time had a Super Sir, but he never liked the smell of it. He found the smell quite disgusting. And Michael rang in again. He's also saying he never liked the smell and he always felt if he was in a room with the Super Sir, it made him feel quite sleepy. And the patient support group 221 Plus, uh, this was the group that was set up by Vicky said uh, that they've lost their biggest biggest big sister the group representing women and families affected by the cervical check scandal reiterated the words of uh, Vicky uh, when she, when two years ago when she said I don't want your apologies I don't want your tributes I want change and I want accountability that's where I leave you for today thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon and we'll be back with you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock until the night Patricia Messenger a very good afternoon Court today on C103 with Corrigan Insurance's McCroom now part of McCarthy Insurance Group want great advice you know who to talk to cmig.ie the GAA Sports Star of the Month Awards on C103 with the Rochestown Park Hotel. The latest award winner is Robbie Cotter of Blackrock. He's recognised for his part in his club's progress to the Cork Premier Senior Hurling Championship final. Robbie also helps St Michael's secure a place in the Senior A football final. The C103 GAA Sports Star of the Month Awards, recognising outstanding achievement in the field of Cork GAA. This one is for you. C103. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.